the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, We will serve the Lord. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us tonight. The difficult times we live in begs the question, Where is God during our most challenging times? We believe the more the world becomes chaotic, the more we need to draw closer to God and learn to trust in Him. The Bible is our source for all things that sustain us as Christians. Philippians 4-7 tells us that we can have the kind of peace that transcends all understanding, even when the world seems to be completely out of control. Over the next 30 minutes, Pastor Dudley Rutherford is going to share a message meant for everyone listening right now. We know it is no accident you are with us tonight, for God orchestrates all things perfectly. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with tonight's message. Good morning, good morning. God bless you, God bless you, and thank you for for being here today. I want to talk to you about this subject, entering into the promised land, because now it's time. After 430 years of slavery, after 40 years of wandering around in the wilderness, in the desert, they now get to go in and uh, take control of the promised land. Amen? But there's people living in the land, and they have to conquer uh, the land. And for each of my points, I have a secret, what's called a secret to success. And what God just told Joshua, in order for you to be successful, you have to have the Word of God. The Word of God is the secret uh, to your success. I want you to write that down. And then I want you to go back, if you would look at verse 1, if you would look uh, at chapter 1, verse 8, and I want to read those words to you again. God speaking to Joshua, he says, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it and then you will be prosperous and successful now the last words and i don't want to confuse you but i want to go back before joshua When Moses died, right before he died, his last words, 
His last words were found in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 47, when he said, they are not just idle words. That the word of God, they're not just idle words. They are your what? They are your life. And by them, you will live long in this land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. And we know that eventually, we'll see this later on, they disobey. They took 470 years to finally get in. But eventually, God allows them to be carried off into captivity again because they did not obey the word of God. Moses is warning them, if you want to live a long life in this land, a long, prosperous life, then you need to obey the word of God. Now in Joshua 1, when Joshua comes onto the scene, God is simply telling Joshua what Moses said, and that is, Joshua, if you want to be successful, you've got to obey and follow the word of God. Now my question is, why would God say that to Joshua? And the reason is because Joshua is the leader. Joshua is the leader of the entire nation. And as the leader of the nation, God is saying, Joshua, you want to be successful? Meditate day and night on the Word of God. So the first point is the chapter 1, God explaining to Joshua, you're going to go into this land, but the secret to your success is the Word of God. Point number 2, write this down, is Rahab and the spies. The very first city that they have to conquer is the city called Jericho. And Jericho is a fortified city. It has not just a wall around it. It has two walls around it. And in order to take possession of the land, they're going to have to conquer many cities. But Jericho is the gateway city. It's the first city they have to defeat. And so I want you to go to chapter 2 before the battle begins, all right? The battle's not begun yet. Joshua decides to send in two spies to check the land out, to spy out the land. So chapter 2, verse 1, Joshua said to the spies, Go look over the land, especially Jericho. And so they went and they entered the house of a prostitute by the name of Rahab. And the Bible says that when they got there that Rahab actually hid the spies up on the roof. And if you skip down to verse 8, go all the way down to verse 8, the Bible says before the spies laid down for the night, they're up on the roof, the Bible says that she, Rahab, she went up on top of the roof to talk to them. She said, I know that the Lord has given this land to you And great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live, not just in Jericho, but in a whole country, are melting in fear because of you. Skip down to verse 12. She says, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Please give me a sign that you will, verse 13 that you will spare the lives of my father and my mother, my brothers and my sisters and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death because she knew that they were going to come in and level this city because they had the power of God with them. Now look at verse 17. The men said to her, 
This oath that you made us swear will not be binding on us, verse 18, unless when we enter the land, you have tied this scarlet cord in the window through which you let us down, and unless you have brought your father and your mother and your brothers and all your family into this house, verse 19, if anyone goes outside your house, out into the street, well, his blood will be on his own head. We will not be responsible. But as for anyone who's inside the house with you, his blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on him. Now, the scarlet cord is, is the secret. And later on, at the end of the story, the battle, according to Joshua 6, verse 25, It says that Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. Now, the the scarlet cord stands for three things. I want you to write these down. First of all, this represents faith. She said, I know that the Lord has handed this land over to you. And for her as a sinful woman, to trust in God, it took faith for her to take this, even though she was a sinful woman, it took faith for her to hang this in her window. But because of her faith, her household was saved. Once you exercise faith, God brings salvation. Amen? Uh, But there's a third thing this stands for. It stands for remnant. And quickly, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 1. Go over to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew 1 is the genealogy of Jesus. And if you look at Matthew 1, 1, it says this is the genealogy of who? Jesus the what? The Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Verse 2, it begins, and we've already talked about this in our series. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah, and so on. Skip down to verse 5. Solomon, that's not salmon like you eat, it's Solomon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Rahab is in the genealogy of Jesus. Skip down to verse 16 in Matthew 1. It says that Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. So here's this prostitute, this woman named Rahab, but in her sin, she exercises faith and she hangs the scarlet cord in the window. Therefore, God brings salvation to her, saves her household. And now she becomes a part of the remnant through her genealogy, her, her lineage through that line comes eventually the Messiah, the savior of the world. You say, what's it got to do with us? Well, if you want to be successful in life, the first thing, your first secret is the Word of God. The second secret is you've got you to hang the scarlet cord in, in your window. You've got to exercise faith in God. God will then bring salvation to your house. And at the moment you're saved, you become a part of the remnant. That Everything around us can be destroyed, but the remnant, those of us who are saved, We're the ones that the gospel is passed down from generation to generation to generation through the remnant, those who've placed their faith in Jesus Christ. So the secret is the word of God 
and then the scarlet cord. Point number three is unconventional victory. And I want you to turn to Joshua chapter 6, okay? Joshua chapter 6. I want to read the first five verses to you. Joshua 1, God speaks to Joshua. Joshua 2, the spies are sent in. And Rahab ties the scarlet cord to her window. Chapters 3, 4, 5, and 6 is the battle itself. And here's what the Bible says, verse 1. Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in, verse 2. The Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Verse 3, here are the marching orders. Here's the game plan. Here's the battle. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. I can just see Joshua scratching his head. You mean we're not going to dig a tunnel underneath these walls? I thought that was the game plan. We're going to find the weakness in the wall and we're going to shoot arrows over the wall. How are we going to get in? And God says, we're just going to march around the walls. Joshua had to be thinking, this is crazy. Verse 4, have seven. Everyone say the number seven. And through this whole story, you'll see the number seven over and over again. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times. We're going to really throw them for a loop. They'll expect only one lap. We're going to do seven. And Joshua's going, oh, this really sounds good. With the priest blowing the trumpets, verse 5. When you hear them, sound a long blast on the trumpets. And have all the people give a loud what? Shout. And then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up every man straight in. I want to tell you three things. Number one, everything you just read happened just as it was written there. It happened exactly as it's explained. They got up on day one, they marched around the walls and went back to the barracks. Day two, they marched around the walls and went back to the barracks. Day three, they marched around the walls, went back to the barracks. They did it day four, day five, day six, day seven. They marched around seven times. Once, twice, three times, all in the same day. Four times, five times. The Jerichoites must have got bored and thought, these Israelites, they are a bunch of crazy people. They went six laps, seven laps, and on the seventh lap, they blew the ram's horns, and according to the Word of God, all the people shouted, and the walls came tumbling down, and the Israelites went in and took control and completely destroyed the city, everyone except, of course, for Rahab and her family. The second thing I want to tell you is that for the last six, seven, eight months of my life, I've been writing a book on the story of Jericho. And guess how many chapters the book has? Seven. And uh, praise God, this last week, we turned the manuscript to the uh, publisher. And it takes about a year for them to get it all ready before it actually comes out as a book. So Lord willing, sometime, I just want you to know, Sometime next year, we're going to do a seven-week sermon series on the walls come tumbling down. And the whole premise of the book 
is that any problem that you're facing, it can be solved in seven days. And what we do is as you walk, just day number one, you walk around your problem, you have one thought. What were those soldiers thinking when they were looking up at that wall the first day? And that's all we want you to think about is that one thought. Day two will give you another thought. Chapter three will give you another thought. So next year, we're going to do a seven-week series where we dive into this in more detail. But here's the third thing I want you to write down. Nothing in this story makes sense. It doesn't make sense. If you go to battle, it's usually whoever has the most men win. Whoever has the best army wins. It's whoever has the best strategy wins. It's usually whoever has the best weaponry wins. But that's not the case in this story. And the point of this, which you'll, we'll get to next year, we'll spend a whole uh, month and a half, two months on it. I want you to write this down. Here's the secret. Here, the only thing you need to know is that God is able. That's all you need to know. Because march around the walls and yelling real loud really is not a way to win a battle. But God is able. Some of you right now are being defeated. You're being defeated by the size of the wall instead of having victory by the size of your God. Remember what God said to Joshua. He said, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. It's not because you're all that, Joshua. He said, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Yes, you're going to have to go to battle. And yes, look at verse 6. You're going to have to be strong. You're going to have to be courageous. It's not going to be easy. Four times in the first chapter, he tells Joshua to be courageous. It's in verse 6, verse 7, verse 9, and verse 18. He says, take courage, take courage. Now, let me tell you, you trust in God because God is able. But you're still going to go through some tough times where you're going to have to be courageous. The fourth and final point as we close is the conquest of the land. Go to chapter 12. Turn over to chapter 12 real quick. And you have a list of all the kings that were defeated. And if you skip down to verse 24, it actually tells you how many there were. What's it say? How many were defeated? 31. And what's the very first one? Go look at the very first one. What's the very first one? Jericho. I want you to write this down. The key to all that, all those victories, is obedience. The key is obedience. It didn't make any sense, but they obeyed God, and guess what? God brought the victory. They felt pretty good. They go to city number two, Ai, and they decide that they're going to do things their way. They don't need God. And the Bible says that they were routed at Ai. They were humiliated. And the Bible also says this. When they said they're going to do it their way, this is in the Bible. God says, oh, you want to do it your way? Then I, remember he said, I will be with you. In verse chapter 7 he goes, I'll no longer be with you. 
Just go ahead. And they were defeated. So you know what they did then? They got humble. Oh, God, we're sorry we messed up. We'll never do that again, God. We did it, our, we, we, we did it your way in Jericho. We won. We tried it in our way and we lost. So God, from this point forward, we will do it your way. So God said, okay. And they went back into Ai and they defeated Ai and they defeated 31 straight kings and they, de- they took over the land of Canaan because of their obedience. All right, are you with me? I want to show you the last two verses. Go to the last chapter, chapter 24. Last chapter. In the last chapter, Joshua dies. And these are his last words before he dies. Chapter 24, verse 14. They've defeated the 31 kings. They've taken over the land. And he says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshiped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Verse 15, last verse. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, which of course there are people here right now it seems undesirable to some of you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether you want to serve the gods your forefathers served beyond the river back there in Egypt, or if you want to serve the gods of the Amorites here in the land of Canaan, in whose land you're now living, And then he has these famous words. But as for me and my household, and he says what I have inscribed on this ring on my right hand, I have this verse inscribed in Hebrew on my right hand. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Five words. And I want you to say it with me. As for me and my household, so you want to be successful? The secret is the Word of God. You've got to have a scarlet cord tied in your window, which represents your faith, salvation. You become a part of the remnant. You put your trust and faith in a God who is able. And then you live your life here on this earth in obedience and you watch the blessing of God fall upon your house. In these uncertain times, we know as Christians there's a great comfort available to us in the form of prayer. If you feel the need right now for someone to pray with, we have phone counselors standing by ready to take your call. Our number is easy to dial. It's 888-818-4777. If you are unable to get through on your first try, please be sure to try again. Our phone number again is 888-818-4777. The greatest story ever told is more than just a cliche. 
God goes to great lengths to rescue lost and hurting people. That is what the story is all about. The story of the Bible, God's great love affair with humanity. Condensed into 31 accessible chapters, the story sweeps you into the unfolding progression of Bible characters and events from Genesis to Revelation. Using the New International Version, it allows the stories, poems, and teachings of the Bible to read like a novel. The story features a foreword by Max Lucado and Randy Frazee and tells the story of a true God who loves his children, who established for them a way of salvation. Each story in these 31 chapters reveals the God of grace, the God who speaks, the God who acts, the God who listens, the God whose love for his people culminated in his sacrifice of Jesus, his only son, to atone for the sins of humanity. The story, the Bible is one continuing story of God and his people, can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. Our toll-free number is 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order your copy of the story directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. If you are looking for a resource that will help make the Bible easier for you to read, then this is the book for you. Get your copy of The Story. The Bible is one continuing story of God and His people today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.